are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. Welcome back to our advanced stock trading. This is part two. We're going to talk a bit about why the rules around the core portfolio matter. Remember those rules that we set up about it has to pay us Profit sharing has to be liquid, has to be established, got to be among its best in its industry, right? Uh, let's talk about why those rules matter. I mean, anybody have examples or stories of what happened when you break the rules? Because I know some, you know, every time I've been tempted to break the rules, I kind of get screwed. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> do, do I have share, to embarrass myself? You share one, uh, and then I'll share one back, okay? TTWO. What the heck is that? Take two, the video game company. Take, oh, okay. Okay, so I got some advice back in September last year by somebody who probably represents them on the investment bank front. So that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and told me it was a strong buy. But I took, you know, somebody was like, oh, it's video games. Uh, they're acquiring Zynga. Uh, you should get into this. Well, I did not follow the rules of the core portfolio because it does not pay a good dividend. I do not think that they want to share in their profits. This is like a growth stock. It just, and it really hasn't done anything for me. It hasn't given me income. I maybe lost about three or 4%, just nothing. All right, so, uh, yeah, all right, so it didn't hurt you very much. It didn't hurt me very much, no, no. but it was just, no, it's not like uh, when, when my dad put us all in, into this uh, local telephone company. It used to be in a, a valuable thing called a C-LEC. <laughs> What's a C-LEC? I don't even want to know what a C-LEC is. All I know is... Clec. Said, what? Clec. All right, he put us in a clec. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the point was, he said, it's an unusual situation. Not the sort of thing I usually do. It went to zero. You know, uh, back uh, before the subprime, you know, uh, back in 2007, 2008, I saw what was happening in subprimes, but I broke my rules on on a real estate thing on on malls because uh, I was talking to the to the guy who was running it and, you know, trying to help him with the megaplex strategy. And I ended up breaking my rules and I rode that thing to, to about oh, a pretty significant loss, about a 50% loss. Oh, so your so rule breaking is much worse than... Yeah, yeah when you break the rules, if you break the rules and you only lose three or 4%, that's not really losing Yeah, but it's the much. opportunity cost because that could have gone somewhere else. Yeah, but since you're not measuring that at the moment, you don't know. If, you, if, you'd, <laughs> if you'd stuck it in a tech stock, it probably would have been worse. So who knows? Is TTWO considered tech, video games? Uh, Sort of. It's really publishing. If you think about it, it's entertainment and publishing. In the same way, it, it's more similar to a movie studio than it is to, say, uh, a Microsoft. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, and we can talk about that when we go to the entertainment sector. But let's talk about, um, you know, breaking the rules is not a good thing. But let's talk about uh, different types of trading that actually kind of breaks the rules for us. The first one we're going to talk about is called margin trading. 
What is margin trading? Does that have anything to do with like fake butter? <laughs> I okay. I have no idea what it is, but I'm going to take a wild guess. Um, is it trading on profit margins no. or potential? No. Okay. Eh. Or is it trading on the edge? Well, it of is trading some margin. on an edge. It is okay trading on, on an, an edge. edge. It's the edge that brought down the stock market in 1929 through 1933 was margin trading. What margin trading is, is it says, all right, I want to buy $1,000 worth of stock, but I only got 500 bucks in my pocket. What am I going to do? And the bank or the stock brokerage comes and says, hey, we'll lend you the 500 bucks because we know you've got 500 bucks of this stock. So we'll lend it to you on margin and we'll charge you an interest rate. And if the stock goes below a certain price, we're going to sell the stock that you bought to make sure that we get paid first. So yeah, what does that mean? So in other words, let's say- A risky ass trading. That's oh, what it, it is. is. It's like... adding a lot of risk to your trading. It's, it's, it's using debt in a way but in this case, what happens is if, if the stock price falls below a certain level and you don't take care of the margin, the bank will sell out all of your stuff okay, to so make sure they get it. In simplified terms, it's basically using de secured debt. That it's using, is secured on- It's using on... debt that the bank will yank away from you along with all your stuff. Because <laughs> it's secured against falls. certain stocks. Why would anyone yes, ever yeah. do that? So it's sort of like a foreclosure type of situation. Exactly. Yes, okay. So it's the sort of thing that I, I, I have actually used it once because uh, the setup was so good. I had a particular company. I knew every asset in there. It had a 15% dividend and I could borrow at 3% from the bank. How could I not do it? Okay, wait, is that insider trading? No. Because you said you knew every asset. I did because I can read. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, and I happen to know the leases. It was publicly available information. Well, not insider trading. Leases. Okay, not insider trading. No, no. <laughs> uh, but that's the only time I've ever used margin. It, it, it's something you reserve for extraordinary situations where the profit sharing is so in excess of your borrowing cost that it's hard not to do it. We don't have that situation today. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is short selling. What is short selling? Does that have anything to do with the fact that Connor's taller than me? Well, it's something you're not allowed to do on the Russian stock markets right now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it on the news. Uh, well, thank, is it, is thank it, God we don't give a damn about the Russian is stock it market. Is it selling before, like, panic mode selling? Like, no. Nope. Uh, right. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're taller than me and you could sell me. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm shorter. Uh, no, short selling is, you know, the old saying is buy low, sell high. Well, what if the price is high, but you didn't buy in? How would you make money? You could sell high and buy low is what short selling is. It's I sell a stock I don't have at a high price and then I buy it back cheaply later on. Think about it this way, Connor. You have a thousand shares of Amazon. All right, you're holding on to a thousand shares of Amazon. I wish. I, I come to you, Connor, and I say, Connor, I think Amazon sucks and it's going to crash. And you're like, fuck you. Amazon's right. going to be fine. And I say to you, Connor, I'll tell you what. I want to borrow your thousand shares. I'm going to sell them into the market. I'm going to pay you for, for borrowing the shares. I'm going to pay you 5% interest. All right. I'm going to then, sh I'm going to sell these shares to the market and I'm going to buy them back when they go lower. And you're like, well, that's fine by me because at the end of the day, you got to give me a thousand shares of Amazon back no matter what, or the bank's going to come and tear it out of your hide, right? Uh huh. 
right? And then the guy who's borrowed the stock, he sells it in the market, hoping that Amazon goes down so that if it goes down, let's say he borrowed the stock from you at a thousand dollars a share and the stock price goes down to 500. Right. He now buys the thousand shares he borrowed from you at 500 a share, gives them back to you, but he sold them at a thousand a share, right? Uh-huh. So he's made a profit of 500 a share. He's returned to you all of your shares. Yep. And you're now sitting on that loss. Just with, oh, is it a loss or well, just maybe, 5%? Depending on, depends on when you, well, you got the interest, but depending on. Well, oh, because it went down. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. <laughs> Although maybe you sold your stock too. Sheesh. In which case, you still had to get the stock back from the guy who borrowed it from you. What so, the fuck? Okay, do you, wait, do you wait. have a planner? Like, we write this yeah, shit down. Exactly. What That's the, what I'm like, who the did, hell? Yeah. How does this, like, how does this in the system? How like, how, what are the logistics this? of this? <laughs> what are the, well, when you say that, what are the logistics? How do you start a short sale? You talk to your bank or your broker. You say, I want to short sell Amazon. And the bank will say, well, you're an um, idiot. No, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, they want, they'll say, well, we can borrow shares of Amazon and it's going to cost you this. Now, here's the bigger problem too. If you borrow shares and they pay a dividend, guess what? You got to pay that dividend to the guy you borrowed the shares from. That's oh. right. Yeah. Short selling can get really expensive and really dangerous. Now, I also think about one other problem with short selling. I'll give you a short selling story. Back in the early 90s, I saw a tech company that was just, it was all BS. They were just buying all kinds of garbage and pumping up the price. And I went to my dad and I said, we should short sell this sucker. And he said, ah, we'll just buy put options. It's simpler and cheaper. Great. We bought put options similar to short selling. And we waited. We waited for the market to realize what we knew. It was a bag of crap. And we learned a very valuable lesson. Unless the rest of the market understands what you know, the price won't fall. Huh. So if everybody else is pumping and say, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And you're saying it's a bag of crap, a bag Even of crap. Even though you it know it's down. a bag of crap, the, the hype was outweighing the... Right. And, and if you had short sold it, you also had to pay any dividends that came up during that time. Ooh. What a nightmare, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Thankfully, on like the second to last day, the stock price finally crashed. We made a little bit of money. But what a lesson about right. like, the ability of a stock price to stay the high whole, even when it isn't worth it. It's all smoke and mirrors, kind of. It's not on a good foundation, but it can still pretty much. It can. And then if you're on there. the hook because you borrowed against it, you just pay and pay. You know, the, the GameStop, the, you know, the, the famous GameStop, <laughs> the guys who shorted the stock. Well, in this case, the reason it exploded so high, so, so high, was they, they broke so many rules. They didn't just short, say, a thousand shares. They shorted all the stock that was out there, not just once, not just twice, not just three times over, but more than that, which means they had to then borrow back, buy back all the stock that traded in the market multiple times just to get back to giving the stock back to the original people from whom they borrowed. That's why the price just had to go up so high. There had to be one buyer. He had to buy each share sell it again and then rebuy it just to pay everything back. That's why they, I think they went broke. Didn't that hedge fund go out or they lost Dude. half their value? It was, it was, it was a bloody, bloody bath. Some sicko in Malibu just sitting in his house, just buying all the shares of GameStop and, selling, <laughs> and paying out every dividend. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, well, GameStop didn't pay a dividend, but in our stocks, when people want to short the stocks that we like, 
Think about the pain they've got because they got to not just pay the carrying cost of the short. They got to pay a pretty hefty dividend every quarter or so. Crazy. Robin oh, Hood, okay. Robin Hood gave me GameStop as my one free. Oh, I'm so glad I got <laughs> NVIDIA as mine. <laughs> Worth so much more. <laughs> right, let's move on to another type of trading that happens, which is options. I mentioned to put options a second ago. There are two kinds of options. There are call options and put options. What's the difference? They sound so weird, right? Call put. <laughs> Uh, bet on success, bet on failure. Which one's success? Call. Very good, Connor. Yes. So call option is something that you're betting on. So if you buy the call option, you're betting on it going up. If I sell you the option, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's not going up. I'm also, I'm not saying it's going down. I'm just saying it's not going up. So just give me your money, fool. I'm taking it, <laughs> right? And a put option is I want the stock to go down. And so if I buy a put option, I want it to go down. And if I'm selling the put option, I'm hoping it stays still or goes up a little, right? Uh, now, option trading, uh, there are two ways to do option trading. There is what we call covered trading and naked trading. Who naked trading? <laughs> what happens in naked trading? It sounds like Wolf of Wall Street shit. Sitting in front of the computer, <laughs> nothing on in the middle of the night, you know? Uh, I'm trading on the Pornhub platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 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 a naked option is if if I buy an option on Amazon stock or I sell uh, an option on Amazon stock, but I don't own Amazon stock, then I'm trading in options naked. If I own the stock that the options are on, then I'm, then I'm trading covered. And there is a strategy we sort of talked about, which is, let's say I own Amazon and uh, I bought it at a thousand a share. It's trading at a thousand a share. And I don't think it's going to go up very much, but I want to make some money on it. In the meantime, I could sell a call option on my Amazon stock uh, at a price higher than a thousand, say at $1,100 someone will pay me something for it. And then in six months, if it doesn't go above 1100, I just get that money. If it goes above 1100 though, they're probably going to take my stock away from me and I'll have to go buy it back again at whatever price. That's my risk. So that, that is a strategy. It's called writing covered call options. And it works well on very volatile stocks, uh, which is not the sort of things we have in our core portfolio. Yeah, uh, do you are you educating us on a lot of things so we understand why and how we go about? Yeah, because you're gonna hear about these things. Someone's gonna come up to you and say you should be trading on margin. Yeah, why I'm just scared as trading? shit. I'm gonna hear them and like punch them in the face and run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, or at the very least, come and ask, come and ask your advisors. Right, what's going on here? What what yeah, do I, yeah. I want to be involved in this? Because there will be special situations every now and then, and we'll alert you to it if we think there's something going on. We'll alert you like to a it. Click, we'll alert a you click to how to play it. But in the in the main, we stay away from these things because uh, they take a lot of time. Now, Connor, do you have a lot of time when you're in season to do this stuff? Not in season, not yeah, at all. So, yeah. So that's that's another reason why we want to stay. We 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 want to deal with nice, calm investing that we know is going to reward us. We know it's going to be less volatile. We know it's going to do good things for us. So the last thing we're going to cover uh, is when we we talk about profit sharing companies. But when we talk about the profit sharing companies, how do we know which one is likely to continue to profit share with us at a good level and which ones are risky? How do you tell? You read and research. Well, yeah, but what do you read and research? What are you looking for? 
you we you've asked this question before. You, you had some great answers. Us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, Leela. Yeah. Where are those great answers? I mean, we want to look at management, their going concerns, projects, capital, right, investments. Well, let's, let's bring it down to a little bit more math too. Uh, let's talk about like, for example, if we know we want to get a dividend, it's important to us, right? They have the profit sharing. I want to know how much of their profit is going to the dividend. In other words, if it takes them 80%, if it takes them 80 cents of every dollar to pay me the dividend of what they make, that dividend could get cut if they have a bad quarter or a bad year, right? But if it's half of what they uh, make, then I feel that that dividend's really safe and probably can grow. Right. So it's it's when we look at what is the policy of the company in terms of its profit sharing, and then how covered is that profit sharing. So when we look at something like uh, one of my favorite stocks is Rio Tinto. It's Australian. It's a mining company, and they tend to pay out most of their profits. That's their dividend policy. You you're the shareholders. It's your company. Have it back, which means in a bad year they won't pay out as much. In a good year they'll pay out more, and so people will have will say, "Wow, that that's that you could get a dividend cut." Their their dividend policy isn't as covered as say Kellogg. Kellogg pays a very boring dividend. It's a very boring company, and 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 their dividend it would have to be a disaster for that dividend to get cut. So that's one thing that we look at. The other thing we look at is you know we talked about how much debt is on a company because that, that, that's how risky it is. You know, we were talking like margin trading. Margin trading is the same thing as debt on your company. So if there's too much debt on the business, a bad quarter, it's again, failing business, wipes really. us out, right? Yeah. So we want to look at that. And then there's the last two things because it's about prediction is we want to look at, we try to, we try to understand what the future is, even though we can't predict it. And we know we're going to be subject to where the economy is. So do we want to buy a stock that that doesn't do well in high interest rates when interest rates are going up. No. Uh, if high no. interest rates makes a company makes it hard for the company to make a profit, do we want to buy that stock when when no. interest rates are rising? Nope. No. So that's why we look at where the economy cycle is. So that those are yeah. So those are the things that we look at, and um, and we hope you come back and review this uh, as, as a, as a helpful reminder of the different types of trading there, there is and how it can sink your ship. And of course, give us a call if someone approaches you with one of these. Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one -on -one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.